Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show. Coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska. Where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Welcome, everybody, to the Must Read Alaska show. I'm your host, John Quick, coming to you live from somewhere in Alaska. I hope everybody's having an awesome day. We're still stuck with a warm spell, which is pretty great. I think it's 30 degrees here on the Kenai Peninsula, which I will take any day of the week. When it was negative 20 or something a couple weeks ago, I was having about enough of that. So I hope everybody's having a great day. I want to thank everybody that listens, watches, and reads Must Read Alaska. If you want to help keep the lights on, just go to mustreadalaska.com, and then there's a little donate button. Click on that. Every $5, $10, $100 helps keep the lights on here at Must Read Alaska. If you want to sponsor the Must Read Alaska show, just email me, John, J-O-H-N, at mustreadalaska.com. Would love to have you sponsor the show. But without further ado, I have a very special guest today, Nick Begich, who's running for U.S. Congress in the sole seat that we have here in Alaska. Nick, welcome to the Must Read Alaska show. Hey, thank you. It's, it's great to be back. I think this is the first time we've been on uh, with you this year and uh, just thrilled to be in this race, thrilled uh, to have an opportunity to talk to you this morning. Well, I'm, I'm excited you're on here as well. For for folks that you know have been living under a rock, tell folks a little bit about who you are and why you're running for uh, U.S. Congress this time around? Yeah, so Nick Nick Begich, uh, I'm I ran in in 2022. Uh, we had a just a crazy cycle. And for those who were paying attention even casually to the race, it was it was one of the wildest races I think we've seen in Alaska's history. But uh, unfortunately, ended in in a result that was I believe not good for the state. You know, we we've, we've got a Democrat representing Alaska right now. She's voting with Nancy Pelosi. 90% plus of the time, uh, she's fully signed on to the to the Biden agenda and has actually endorsed Joe Biden, if you can believe it, for four more years Jeez. in the presidency. So uh, this is a huge issue. Uh, we're not going to be able to move priorities for Alaska if we don't have someone that's on the right team down in D.C., Turns out Democrats don't want development in Alaska. They don't want to see more drilling. They don't want to see more mineral development. You know, they don't want to see logging. And these are things that have been made clear, not just by national Democrats, but by Joe Biden himself. And uh, we need someone who's on the right team. I want to be uh, that representative for Alaskans. I want to be that person that you can count on down in D.C. to be a, a, a just a passionate, continuous advocate for development in our state. Look, I believe that what we're seeing is a pivot, a, a pivot that's going to take many years, but it's already underway, a pivot out of China and a return to domestic manufacturing. And you know what domestic manufacturing requires? It requires resources. And the resources that our nation needs are under the feet of Alaskans. We have the ability to play an important role over the next 10, 20, 50 years. But only if we have someone in D.C. in the House who can make our case, who can show the rest of America just how important Alaska is. And again, I want to be that person for Alaskans. So give uh, uh, Mary uh, Congresswoman Peltola a grade one to ten. What do you, how, how do you think she's doing and why? 
Yeah, you know, I, I don't think she's doing well at all. I'm gonna I'm gonna give her a low score. I'm gonna give her a one because <clears throat> look, anybody can talk. Talking's easy, but you've got to you've got to deliver. And the truth is she hasn't been able to deliver for our state. And she, she's made the claim, and I'm sure throughout the race she'll continue to make the claim that she's the reason that that Willow was approved. But the president himself, weeks after Willow was given the green light, said in his own words, that the only reason that he approved Willow was because uh, his lawyers from Interior said that if he didn't approve it, it would be challenged in the courts and he would lose. And he went on further to say that uh, what he really wanted was to disapprove the project, but he recognized that if he approved it, he could get millions of acres of land off the table as part of a negotiated agreement. And that's what he did. He took millions of acres of Alaska lands and offshore uh, region off the table for mineral exploration, for oil and gas drilling. And uh, that's that's been consistent with what he said before he was president. It's what's been it's what he's done as president. He said he doesn't want to see more drilling on federal lands. He said that he doesn't want to see more Alaska development. The, the goal of the left and let's be abundantly clear. The goal of the left for Alaska is look, but don't touch. They want to put us in a snow globe. They don't want to see development in Alaska. But the reality is without Alaska, we're not going to have the domestic resurgence that we're all hoping for. Yeah, the, um, you know, for folks listening in, um, Republicans have are the biggest uh, they have the biggest number of folks registered in Alaska for a party. I think it's 140,000 or so. She represents those 140,000 because she's our sole congresswoman. Um, do you talk to people when you're talking to people on the campaign trail? Are those people that she represents frustrated with her because um, of her choices that she's made this last year and a half? People are frustrated because I think, uh, you know, <clears throat> Anybody, as I said a moment ago, anybody can, uh, can can say things on the campaign trail, but it's what you do when you're in D.C. that it matters most. And she ran a very moderate sounding campaign in 2022. I think a lot of people were drawn in by a bipartisan sounding message. But when you're voting with Nancy Pelosi 90 percent of the time, that's not bipartisan. That's 90 percent of Nancy Pelosi. And I don't think that Alaskans intended to elect someone who's going to be a 90 percent Nancy Pelosi representative. But that's what we have. We have someone who's voting with Ilhan Omar 85 percent of the time. And I can tell you when she when she goes around the state and she says, oh, I'm going to carry on the legacy of Don Young. Let me tell you something about Don. Don Young was no fan of Nancy Pelosi. Don Young did not vote with Nancy Pelosi 90 percent of the time or anywhere close. And so, you know, if we if we're talking about the legacy of the representatives that have gotten us where we're at today as a state, it's not by cooperating with the Democrats. It's not by signing on to the Democrat agenda for our state. That's that's a road to disaster for Alaska, and we can't have it. So one of the things I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say a couple. I think, you know, during Don's last win. Uh, running for office, you were the campaign chair. You, you can uh, tell me if I'm wrong about the title there, but you were basically in charge of the whole campaign. Tell me some of the things you learned while traveling the uh, all around Alaska with Congressman Don Young. I'm sure that 
you heard from folks um, from all walks of life, Democrats and Republicans. What were some of the things you learned while while doing that with Don Young? That's a great that's a great question. And yes, I was uh, Don Young's campaign co-chair. I flew all over the state with Congressman Young uh, for a number of months uh, in the primary and the general election. When he wasn't able to attend an event, I would often attend on his behalf. We took questions, but we had an opportunity to travel all over the place. I mean, everywhere from the Fairbanks down to Ketchikan, all through Southeast, all through South Central. And, uh, you know, what you really, what you gain an appreciation of is not just how big the state is, but how different, different areas really are. Even in Southeast, when we talk about Southeast, right, there's Sitka. There's Wrangell, there's Petersburg, there's Ketchikan, there's Cordova, right? There's Juneau, obviously, uh, Haines, you know, and so many other uh, towns. I'm sure I'm going to miss some, um, right? Craig Skagway, don't get upset with me about that. But the reality is each one of these regions has different issues. They have different challenges, different opportunities, different resource opportunities, and different history. And you don't really have an opportunity to understand that if you're not there talking to people individually. So I would say right off the bat, one of the biggest takeaways campaigning with Congressman Young was getting to understand more about the various unique aspects of the state and the people who live here. I think as you as you travel the state, you get, again, an understanding of the various opportunities that exist, right? If you spent your your life in South Central Alaska in the Anchorage area or the Matsu Valley, you may not fully appreciate some of the opportunities that exist still with timber, right? We still have, the, the trees haven't gone anywhere. We have an opportunity to, to develop that resource again, but we need a president and a Congress that understands just how important that industry can be again for Alaska and for this nation, right? You don't get an opportunity to fully understand that if you're not if you're not down in those regions talking to those people and understanding what those resources are. You know, I think the other thing that that I, that I really gained an appreciation of was that we are a vast state that has so many different interests, but only one congressman, and so it's critical that that person be out in the public on a regular basis, right? And so traveling the state has become an integral part of our campaign, even in the last campaign. Uh, We're doing what Don did because that that worked for him for 50 years, getting out and and shaking people's hands and hearing from them. So, again, you can't understand the state if you're watching it from afar. You've got to engage. You've got to be a part of the conversation. The other thing that I think um, was really important to learn is that. Someone in this role doesn't have all the answers. You can't know everything. And the the problems are going to be surfaced by people and the solutions to those problems are going to be surfaced by people. And so listening to folks and, and understanding, hey, not just what the problem is, but what are the ways in which you think we should address those problems? That's how you get a solution started, right? That's how you get something moving in DC is by listening asking questions, understanding, really deeply understanding an issue, and then finding a legislative fix if one exists for that problem when you're down in D.C. So, you know, those were things that Don Young had learned through experience. And I was fortunate to have an, a, a sort of a front row seat to just how he had he had led and how he had represented the state of Alaska for so many years. That's awesome. So recently you had a very exciting endorsement. Talk to folks about what that was and 
and uh, what that means to you. Yeah, I am so thrilled to be able to announce this morning that we received the endorsement of Vivek Ramaswamy. And uh, this is this is another big endorsement. We received the endorsement of uh, Byron Donalds, Congressman Byron Donalds as well. And I'll tell you what I really love about Vivek's message as he was running for president. He's A, he's extraordinarily articulate. B, he's unapologetic in his delivery of his message. And his message is focused on America first. Our leadership in this country needs to put the people of our country first. It's a very simple message, but somehow it gets convoluted and and complicated in D.C. where we're told, oh, you know, we need to be giving all of this aid to other nations. We need to be giving all of this support to other countries. We need to put those countries ahead of Americans. Why? Why should we be securing other nations' borders without our own border being secure? We're allowing millions of people into this country illegally every day. And and I've told people, look, it's not that people don't come into the United States. We have hundreds of thousands of people, possibly millions, that come in every month legally, right? They're here to do business. They're here to visit family or friends or take a vacation. That's great. That's good. We should have that. We have hundreds of thousands of people coming in every year as new Americans, following a process that makes sense, right? Ensuring that these people are vetted. That's good. That's healthy. We need that. But this uncontrolled migration that's occurring on our most southern border, that's wrong. And it puts the people of America last. You know, I've, I've told people, look, these folks are, are getting free health care, free EBT cards. They're getting free uh, housing, free transportation, free cell phones. What are you getting? Right. That's your tax dollars. going. We're, get, to we're getting inflation is what we're getting. <laughs> That's right. We're getting inflation. We're getting tax pressure. Right. Well, we're not getting those things. And look, I'm not I'm not an advocate for the for the free stuff army. Okay. I'm not saying that we should be doing that, but we got to put Americans before these people from other nations. Right. Uh, so I think he's shared an articulate message. Uh, he has made it clear that we have got to cut government. And that's something that I believe wholeheartedly. We have a $2 trillion a year deficit. That means we're spending $2 trillion a year more than we're taking in in revenue as a government. Right. That's not because we're not taxing enough. You, you, you could tax, you could double taxes and it's not going to fill the gap. It's not taxes that are the problem. It's spending that's the problem. And we've got to put government back in its lane and allow the private sector and private industry to flourish. Government is not the solution to life's problems. Government is the problem in America today. And we've got to get government back in its lane so that we can get back to business in this country. If we don't do that, we're going to have generations of, of poverty, generational inflation. We're going to have we're going to lose the reserve currency status of the world and the U.S. dollar. And let me tell you, it's not a theoretical exercise. If you consider just go around your house or go, you know, look around your the, the world around you as you're traveling around whatever town you're in that you're that you're watching this from. The things that we consume as Americans, we don't produce. And if we lose the reserve currency status, our livelihood, our way of life is going to diminish because we won't have the ability to trade for those things. It'll be harder. It'll cost more. Yeah, this this couple be 
45 bucks. You know? <laughs> That's right. And, and to think that it can't happen here, it ha it's happened many times around the world. The reason we have the reserve currency status is because other nations have lost their reserve currency status. And how did they lose that status? They abused the privilege. And that's what we're doing right now. The problems that we're having in this country, by and large, they're not, they're not from the private sector. They're from government. They're caused by government. And if we don't get a, a handle on government's growth, it's, gonna, it's going to cause us problems for, for, as I said, generations. So let's say it's day one on the job. You've won. What are some of your goals that in that you know, first couple of weeks when, you're, when you uh, head off to the job? Yeah, you know, I think the first job when you're elected to to the House is you, you've got a jockey for position, right? Especially as a freshman. Remember, there's 435 members of the House. Uh, so you've got a jockey for position. It's about committee assignments. I know historically, uh, Don Young was on Transportation and Infrastructure Committee. He was on the House Resources Committee. Those are great committees. I think if we're going to get a handle on, on government growth, we've got to try to get representation on Ways and Means. I think that's critical. That's a committee that I'd be interested in, in serving on, very interested in serving on. Uh, because again, I think we've got to get control of the growth of government, get this deficit back to a manageable level um, if we have any hope of containing inflation in the long run. So that's that's the goal. you got to get the right committee assignments. And then you've got to start immediately because there's not much time. Remember, the House is only two years. So you've got to immediately start building relationships with other members. And those members are going to be important for Alaska, right? You remember, because we only have one representative, you've got to be so persuasive in making Alaska's case to those other members that they make Alaska their priority. Every member of Congress goes down there and they're there to represent their district. Okay, so they're trying to do the same thing to you as a, as a representative. But you've got to show them just how important Alaska is for them, for them. And we we're fortunate. We have a great story to tell. And I believe that I'll be effective in telling that story. So, you know, it's about committee assignments day one. Right. Then it's about uh, making sure that you're building relationships. I've already started building those relationships. That's that's why we're able to get support from people like Byron Donalds, people like Vivek Ramaswamy, because I'm building those relationships right now. And these people are they represent the future of the Republican Party, of the conservative perspective, of the America first vision for this country. So building relationships with those leaders, that's going to serve Alaska well over time. So people are going to listen to this and they're going to think Nick sounds awesome, um, but they're going to also probably think, oh, you know, Mary Patola, you know, has done an OK job. You know, I hear it all the time. From even my friends that are conservative, I have friends that are conservative that voted for Congresswoman Mary Potola, and uh, you know because she had a smile on and whatever. And so, um, give us a uh, very concrete example of the main differences between you and her. Oh my and, gosh! Well, I how, so for folks yeah. that are listening, they can just hear it. You know, what is the main differences between what? Nick believes and how and how Congresswoman Patola is leading. Yes, I think it really boils down to the most base philosophy, right? The most base philosophy. And that is what is the role of government? Every decision that one makes flows from that. Okay, so look, 
Mary Peltola will vote for big government. She'll vote for more spending. She'll vote for deficits. She'll vote for uh, greater government control over our lives. She runs a message that says freedom. Well, let me tell you what, you're not getting more freedom under Mary Peltola. You're not getting more control over your life under Mary Peltola. The votes that she continues to take day in and day out are for things like FISA warrants, right? Where, where, or warrantless surveillance, I should say, where she's coming in and she's saying, hey, you know, we, we need the right to come in and inspect you without you knowing, without a court saying yes. We need the ability to uh, introduce um, greater, greater, uh, greater tax burden, greater spending, greater um, pressure it, that, that will be put on you through inflation, right? And that's, I think that's the key difference. The key difference is I don't believe that the government is the answer. She believes that the government is the answer. She believes another government program is going to solve life's problems, and I don't. I think we've got too many laws, too many programs, too much spending, too much control over individual lives in this country. And so I think that's the, that is the basis of the difference between us. I don't think we could be more different. Mm -hmm. And look, I recognize in many ways, you know, she, she might be to some people a, uh, you know, like a convertible Thunderbird. Well, I'm a pickup truck. You know, we don't need a Thunderbird. We need a pickup truck because it's a lot of work. There's a lot of stuff to haul. There's a lot of stuff to do in Congress. And a smile ain't going to get you there. It's going to be tough. You got to take a stand. You got to be strong. And you got to be ready to do some heavy lifting. And that's what Don Young did. He did some heavy lifting. You know, I'll tell you a lot. I'll tell you what. A lot of people love Don, right? But they didn't love him because he had a great smile. They loved him because he was tough. They loved him because he got the job done. They loved him because he would say the things that maybe people didn't want to hear, but they knew were true. That's what we need. We don't need a, we don't need a smile. We need somebody who's tough, who's going to go to D.C., do the right thing, represent Alaska, and say the things that need to be said when they need to be said. Yeah. You know, and the unfortunate thing... Uh, for me, at least, I can only speak from my own experiences. You know, we have folks from all walk, walks of life on the Must Read Alaska show, um, Republicans, Democrats, Libertarians, you name it. They've been on, even though, you know, I'm a conservative, I want to chat with everybody. And um, her and her camp, her and her campaign and her and her position in elected office, um, they've refused to interact with the, the Must Read Alaska show, which I think is unfortunate because a lot of conservatives listen to the Mustard Alaska show. And I think it does her a disservice by refusing to interact with those conservatives. And that's not what Don Young did. Don Young talked to everybody at any given time. And he didn't care if they, they, he cared that they were from Alaska. And I think that that's been an unfortunate thing for me to see over the last several years, uh, you know, her campaign and then her being an elected official just refusing to interact with conservatives. And my guess is that would not be your stance. You would interact with Republicans, Democrats, Libertarians, if you were elected to Congress. Yeah, absolutely. You know, look, and, and she likes to say it, but again, what you say and what you do, don't, you know, for her, it doesn't always match up. But, but the reality is if you're going to be a congressman for all Alaska, you have to talk to all of Alaska. You got to be available to all of Alaska. 
not just people who like you, not just people who are friendly to you, not just people who agree with you. You've got to listen to everybody. That doesn't mean that we're always going to reach an agreement, but it is my it is my sort of ethos that if you have enough time and enough information, most of the time we'll reach the same conclusions. Problem is we don't always have enough time. We don't always have uh, perfect information. So we kind of we tend to draw from our perspective. And um, that's why, again, communication and information flow is so critical because that's how we that's how we achieve the truth. That's how we reach the truth. That's how we understand what reality is by having conversations, understanding things from different perspectives. And, and then we arrive at something that is more accurate than our own myopic view. And um, you can't do that in an echo chamber. You got to do that by <laughs> talking to everybody. Amen to that. Well, how can folks, uh, you know, get in touch with your campaign? Give us your website, where you're at on social media. Give us all those details. Yeah, so we've got a very active Facebook page. Uh, we're out there. If you're on Facebook, I hope you go out and check out our page. I put a lot of really uh, rich policy. You know, a lot of the stuff that you see out there, this is this is coming from me. I don't have a comms team. So when you see a post that goes up, I've written that post. Okay. This is this is my thoughts on current issues. And we're talking about all kinds of things. We're talking about not just resources. We talk about national issues like immigration. We talk about issues like central bank digital currencies, CBDCs. And what is that? What that means for us, right? We talk about a lot of different things that maybe they don't get the mainstream coverage, but they're important issues nevertheless for Alaskans and for Americans as a whole. So check that out. We've also got some uh, some good policy statements and uh, and ways for you to engage on the campaign on our website. You can find us at alaskansfornickbegich.com. Obviously, we'd love to have your financial support. My Democrat opponent in this race has raised $3 million just last year. It's unbelievable. I know it's unbelievable. Nearly a million dollars just from political action committees alone. Um, it's interesting because a lot of folks maybe wouldn't connect Mary Peltola to groups like Lockheed Martin and Raytheon and General Dynamics. She's taken money from some of those companies, right? So she runs, again, very moderate sounding uh, message here, but you should see the people that she takes money from down in D.C. But in any case, we're Alaskan fueled. I'm proud to say that all of the money that we've raised to date has come from individuals. 100 percent. We haven't had one pack check. Right. And I think that's that there's a reason for that. People in D.C. recognize I'm not there to represent them if elected. I'm, I'm there to represent the people of Alaska. And uh, they figured that out. And that's that's good. Right. That's good. But we need support. So I would appreciate your financial contribution if you're able to do so. Please get involved. Come to our events. You know, I, I've been I've been, as I mentioned earlier, I travel the state. You can see where we're going to be. If you check out uh, our Facebook page, we're, we're very clear about the places that we're going to go. In fact, uh, tomorrow I'm going to be in Fairbanks. The day after that, I'm going to be in Ketchikan and then I'm going to be back in Anchorage on Sunday. So uh, we're all over the state. I want to hear from you. Ask me the tough questions. I'm happy to answer them as best I can. And tell me what's on your mind. What do you think the problems are? What do you think the opportunities are? Share that with me so that I can share it with people around the state. Uh, again, that's the job of a representative to represent you. And that's what I want to do. Awesome. Well, 30 minutes has gone by in a flash. Nick, any last minute thoughts here before we head out? I'm excited. Look, you know, nationally, I think we have reason to hope. I know the last few years have been challenging. Uh, inflation is just, it's at a level we haven't seen in decades, but there is hope around the corner. 
you know, Donald Trump is who I've endorsed for president. Let me be clear about that. Um, he is he's up in the polls. We've got a lot of work to do. We can't take anything for granted. But the American people have recognized we can't deal with four more years of Joe Biden and his allies like Mary Peltola in Congress. They're sending the country down the wrong path. And there's there's reason to be hopeful. We've got to be engaged. It's our country. This is your seat. It doesn't belong to any one person, not Mary Peltola, if elected, not me. It's yours. And so because it's yours, you've got to be the one that puts the right representation in place. You can't leave it to somebody else. You can't leave it up to me. You can't leave it up to the Republican Party. You can't leave it up to national Republicans. You have to do it. This is your country. And if you want it and you want to take it back, get involved. Well, Nick, uh, we wish you nothing but success here from us, Street Alaska. Thanks for coming on the show. You're welcome back uh, anytime. And for folks that listen, watch, and read Must Read Alaska, if you want to sponsor the Must Read Alaska show, just email me, John, J-O-H-N, at mustreadalaska.com. And today I will send an e email again inviting Congresswoman Mary Potola to the Must Read Alaska show. It'll probably be my 15th or so invite sent to them. Um, most likely they won't respond at all, but I will send another one. And if you happen to listen to this, uh, Congresswoman Mary Patola, you're you have an open invitation. So um, we want to uh, hope and wish everybody has an awesome rest of their day. And uh, we'll put all of uh, Nick's uh, websites and Facebook stuff in the podcast description.